It's 17 minutes past eight. Let's move to our discussion and welcome our guests uh, for this morning. And first of all, let's say hello to Catherine Young. Uh, Catherine, uh, welcome to the show. Morning, how are you? Catherine is Investment Director at Fidelity International. And also uh, Gary Ung is with us. Gary is Senior Economist for APAC uh, Thematic Research at Natixis CIB. Good morning, Gary. Hi, everyone. Uh, good morning, both, and uh, thanks very much for coming on to the show um, once again. Uh, what do you make, uh, guys, of the state of the bond market? Let's kick off with that. Um, uh, it's uh, hit highest in 16 years, the U.S. 10-year uh, Treasury bond, and uh, you know, it hasn't been this high since 2007. Uh, a surprise or not a surprise? What, what do you think about that, Catherine? I don't think it's too much of a surprise, and I think we also have to be cognizant of the U.S. economy and where things are at in terms of employment, in terms of the, the policy cycle. And, you know, I don't think we can totally dismiss or, or rule out uh, the U.S. potentially seeing a, a bit of a dip and, and maybe going to recession. Gary, is that something that you would agree with? Well, indeed, I think if you look at what's happening in the 10-year uh, Treasury yield market, I mean, it's not only about pricing the Fed actually hiking further. And if we forget the fact of interest rate, you also have this quantitative tightening happening, you know, uh, in the next uh, one or two years. You're talking about a reduction of 20% of the Fed balance sheet uh, right now. So therefore, um, I think generally it's possible that we see that rate will stay longer and even higher more than people expected. And this is definitely not good for uh, equity prices, of course. Did you get any uh, indication? Did you get any indication from the Fed minutes uh, which were released uh, a few days ago? Well, I think if you look at um, well, what the officials have been saying, of course, um, it's still uh, quite cautious in a way of not rooting out or setting a very clear path about, you know, uh, what are the future path. The only two guys who said that um, uh, maybe the Fed uh, doesn't need to hide anymore are the ones who uh, don't have the voting right uh, this year, right? So I think generally for the people who are actually making the decision, they're still quite cautious and everything is still pretty much quite data dependent. Catherine, obviously US mortgage rates uh, surge as well, the 30-year fixed rate hitting the highest level in more than 21 years. But at the same time, we're seeing you know, quite good uh, retail sales results from companies such as uh, Walmart, although in fact Target was down yesterday. Uh, you know, what is the vibe on the US economy? It seems to be being pulled in, in, in several different directions at the moment. Yeah, that's the point. And I think that uh, you know, with so many data points and uh, the policy path still being somewhat unclear, even though obviously we're in a tightening mode, um, that's somewhat confusing investors. Although you wouldn't think that given the way the market has performed over the year. So well, that's the equities market that is. So in terms of households, I think we also need to be really mindful of how people are purchasing things and whether it's done on debt. And that's not just applicable to the US, but across you know the Asia Pacific region, the UK. And I do think coming back to China, that's where despite a lot of the negativity we're seeing and the weak data points, even when it comes to retail sales this week, households in China are still wealthy. So it's a drop in confidence, not so much that households, you know, are gearing up too much or are going to have a debt situation. I think that still is in China's favour. I mean, confidence seems to be the thing, doesn't it? Mainland banks being told to step up intervention in the currency market uh, in the last few days. And, uh, you know, I suppose those those stimuli, you know, are, are really important in, in various different ways to, to keep that economic recovery uh, from falling back, right, Catherine? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the concern about China is that the policy direction is a little bit unclear and that the market wants more. 
But if you look at China's long-term aims and ambitions, the policy is quite suitable. So there's this mismatch between what people want now versus the long term. So again, from a company perspective, the companies we speak to all the time are very much aware of the trends, but they can still deliver. So from an earnings perspective, a lot of the earnings coming out of China still look better than major markets, we think. But having said all that, we have to take into consideration the sentiment versus the fundamentals of companies themselves. Gary, do you think the, the Chinese government could do more than it's already doing to, uh, to stimulate the economy? Well, yes, I think definitely. I think as Catherine has mentioned, the policy direction is not very clear and it's not only about that the implementation is also not so clear because you have now different hurdles about, you know, how local governments have different uh, fiscal constraints on not being able to actually uh, implement this type of policies from the central level towards the real economy, towards corporates and households. So therefore, I think there will need to be like more real actions beyond uh, the uh, uh, like the policy uh, uh, announcements that we have seen in the past maybe one or two months. So I think if we see actually something more solid, then uh, we will start to see a rebound in sentiment. So only like an interest rate cut or unleashing liquidity will not help. It needs to be a combination of fiscal policy together with the most important factor, which is a further relaxation in regulations. Giving tourism uh, a boost, uh, certainly getting foreigners back into China seems to be uh, quite important. We're hearing today that Ali pay linking up with Visa and MasterCard to help foreign tourists in China. And that's because, of course, um, foreign tourists don't necessarily, uh, you know, have the cashless uh, forms of payment that uh, are used across the mainland anymore, do they? I mean, something like this, an, an initiative like this, which probably or presumably has also been coming uh, slightly from the government by Alipay. Is is that important, Gary, to do that sort of thing? Well, I think it is quite important because uh, I had a trip to Beijing actually two months ago and you can realise that if you do not have the necessary apps, basically you cannot really survive in uh, China, right? And let's not uh, forget that if you look at the balance of payment, actually uh, the biggest source of capital outflows in China is always like uh, in terms of tourism and travel. So at this juncture, if the government wants to, you know, boost the economy, attracting foreign tourists back uh, are basically one of the ways to do it. So, I mean, streamlining all these measures, making it way easier for people to spend, I think uh, is definitely the right thing to do. Catherine, you know, what are the messages that are coming down from the Chinese leadership, uh, it, you know, in, in terms of getting things moving again, uh, you know, perhaps with tourism or, or perhaps with, with, with wider things? It's interesting because despite sentiment still remaining somewhat bearish. When you look at the various cabinets, they are focusing on growth. But it's not the growth that we're used to historically with China. So the recoveries we saw in you know, 2003, 2009, 2016, we shouldn't be expecting that same kind of recovery, both in the markets as well as the economy. So I think it's about, for the moment, investors resetting their expectations about what China delivers. And as Gary mentioned, you know, we can see some fiscal stimulus come through, we can see some further rate cuts, we can see some loosening in the property sector. There's no one single big policy announcement that we're expecting like we used to see. And I think we need to factor that in. But again, those households are wealthy. You know, we're not seeing those debt levels. And one of the reasons, by the way, that we're not seeing huge stimulus is because Chinese government or the Chinese government still does have some debt in terms of their local government financing vehicles. So I think they're being very, very mindful of the policy tweaks they're doing. Uh, there is some doom and gloom around, though. You know, China's Evergrande uh, filing for Chapter 15 uh, bankruptcy in the US and, you know, some, some problems with the banks in China. Uh, you know, what, what do you make of the China Evergrande uh, status at the moment, Gary? Is that, um, you know, is that something that's going to run and run through the, the property market? 
Well, I think uh, the case of Evergrande is pretty much digested by the market already. And then if you look at what happened recently, like Country Garden and also the Zhongrun case in the uh, the uh, kind of the mispayment in the uh, uh, like the trust industry, I think these are really the symptoms of the uh, bigger problem underneath, which basically shows this uh, sluggishness in the real estate sector. Because I mean, some of this company, especially Country Garden, actually it was one of the rare survivor uh, fulfilling all the regulatory requirement, which is the free red lines, uh, which supposed to prohibit like some uh, highly leveraged rest developers from uh, borrowing. But now if we start to see such a kind of a regulatory, uh, like a darling uh, or also failing together, then of course we know there's something wrong in the market. So I think uh, the um, if there is not a very quick rebound in the home sentiment in, and also home sales is possible to see more spillover effect towards like the general real estate sector, the real economy and also the shadow banking sector as well. Catherine, are we going to see uh, further pullback by US companies, do you think, uh, you know, between the, the, what they're doing in China and maybe spreading it to other parts uh, of the world? Insiders at Tyson Foods today saying that uh, it plans to sell its $1.1 billion uh, China poultry business. Is that an indication that uh, you know, foreign companies are still worried. Well, just like we were talking about foreign tourists and the attraction of foreign tourists, the Chinese government is also mindful of attracting foreign businesses because they want the business, they want foreigners investing in their capital markets. So, you know, I, I think we should also be mindful about the consumer and just, you know, the long-term trend of the Chinese consumer. And that is where the pull is for many foreign brands. And so I don't think we're going to see the trend reverse over the long term. And, you know, what's also quite interesting is some of the Chinese consumer-related names or internet names are now developing platforms offshore. And so they're offering their products and services offshore. So they both have a, a, you know, a presence in the country as well as tapping outside. And I think we'll see that trend actually become um, stronger versus, let's say, more and more foreigners going into China. Is there going to be a switch to Japan? We've uh, seen some fairly promising results from Japan around GDP this week. Uh, what do you think of that market? So in terms of Japan, it's one of the only other markets or major markets like China where we're more in an easing mode versus tightening policy-wise. Uh, the recovery is, you know, good numbers out of GDP earlier this week and we've got the inflation data um, and it's likely to be above the, the BOJ's or the Bank of Japan's inflation target. I think what's key for, again, from an investment perspective is that corporates are actually rewarding minority shareholders through distribution of that large cash pile they've been sitting on. And that's what's really, really seen the market sort of being in favour this year. So you're quite positive about Japan, Gary. Are you positive about Japan, just very quickly? Well, I think definitely, yes. If you look at it from the economic uh, fundamental, it's one of the countries that is experiencing cyclical rebound, especially in the services industry. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, it seems to be quite good in the short run. Uh, Gary Young is Senior Economist for APAC uh, Thematic Research at Natixis CIB. And our other guest, Catherine Young, uh, Investment Director at uh, Fidelity International.